This episode is brought to you by CEP Compression Australia. CEP Compression Apparel gives the user more energy, greater endurance, and enhanced performance during activities. For a discount at CEP, use the following code online, local legends in running. Welcome to the Local Legend in Running podcast, where you hear the stories of local legends in the Australian running community that you simply always wanted to hear. Today in Season 2, Episode 7, I interview runner Tim Franklin. As you may know, Tim is an Aussie currently running around the world. Although charity is, of course, a significant inspiration of his as to why he's undergoing this amazing feat, it's the simple notion of inspiring others to run or simply move that lies at the core of his mission. Tim started his journey on the 3rd of December, 2022 at South Bank Park Run in Brisbane. He aims to break the all-time record for running around the world, which is a target of 425 days. This will include over 26,000 kilometers across 23 countries and five continents of the world. Of course, the challenge of interviewing someone who is both overseas and running around 60 kilometers a day is a logistically challenging thing. So we've broken this interview into two parts with part two being released at a later date. So for now, please tune in to part one of Tim Franklin Running the World. So no, like just no, in, no internet at all. Oh, fair enough, mate. When someone's running around the world, it can be hard to organise these things. Mate, bonkers, <laughs> bonkers. I don't know, I don't know where I'm going to be on any given day, to be honest. Oh, exactly. Hey, let's let's kick it off officially. Welcome to the local Legends in Running podcast. No, thanks for having me, Ollie. Now, this is not your first podcast. I actually found a YouTube one of you for about an hour the other day. What was that all about? Whoa. Good question. I've I've been oh yeah I've been on a few, um, all pretty much on the topic of the run, yeah. really, or or my journey to get to the run, I suppose. Yeah, I'm a bit vague with that, but two of your support crew were there, two ladies and uh, a bloke I'd never seen with a beard who was quite charismatic. Yeah, yeah. So Scotty, so Scotty, he uh, yes, his podcast is based around like commerce and 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 local businesses and and he does like uh, he's uh in P- our pr agency um and he is a friend of a friend so that's how so that's how that all that all kicked off yeah right yeah. let's let's set the scene with the time i believe it's 9:53 over there and you are in texas is that correct that's correct yeah in a in a town um called point so P O I N T Point Texas, which is sort of north 
northeast, pretty close to Dallas. Yeah, right. Yeah, okay. And, uh, and it so, is it's freezing cold. I've seen that. <laughs> your your last month or so of videos have been hectic. Like yeah, high winds, every, yeah. high cold temperatures. Yeah, and every time every time we meet a local or something, they're always they're always uh, oh, this is unprecedented weather. I swear <laughs> I've had that from the time I landed in San Fran until now. So all I want is precedented weather. Yeah, expected <laughs> weather. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. what was your route today, Tim? Uh so today we started just um just sort of well, just northwest of here, I suppose. And now we're heading so we went in through um, Kansas and we've come down through Oklahoma. Now we're back into Texas. So we're sort of heart beating our way across the country to get as many Ks in. So we're heading south now. So we're heading down to southern Texas. Um, so we just went, yeah, we went like 40 miles today in a south, sort of southeast direction uh, to land where we are. And it's about 65K a day is the aim, isn't it? Which I have read allows you to have a day off every week or so. Is that right? Yeah. So the the original plan was 65 kilometers a day and then a day off sort of every fortnight. Um, but just through logistics and and the weather and, you know, we've been flooded out a couple of days um, due to severe storms and stuff like that. So we've changed it a little bit where we're just going to run as close to 60 as we can, um, sort of for as long as I can, and then I'll have a rest day. And then the aim will be, you know, to keep, like there's a record that I'm that I'm chasing um, and I'll keep that as close as I can until such time as I get back to Australia. Yes. And then yeah. know exactly, and then know exactly what distance or what distance I still have to run and how much time I have to run that. Yeah, so I'm looking at, if I'm correct, 425 days is the aim. Is that correct? Yeah, that, I mean, that, yeah, that, 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 I suppose that was the aim. <laughs> the, the record's, the record's 434. So anything under that, oh, yeah, I'll be stoked with because, uh, because the more I realize is that, um, the current record holder, Serge Girard, is just an animal. Like his, like, I, my respect for him is like was already high, but it is gone. Oh, up for sure. And several what's, what's notches. His background? Is he? Um, he's from overseas. He's a, yeah. So he's uh, yeah. So he's a Frenchman, um, and he is an ultra. He just an ultra endurance running machine. I'm, I'm. The more I get into this, the more I'm interested to know if he's actually like bionic. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're not broken yet, are you? Not broken yet, but um, I've I've been breaking a couple of times. But so my quads, my quads um, uh, tightened right up early, like within the first couple of weeks in New Zealand. Um, but then they came good, and then I've had uh, anterior tibialis tendonitis. In yeah, that's the muscle, the anterior tibialis. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And I um, oh, that was ex- like putting socks on was excruciating like it just felt like i had the worst shin splints ever um so i just had to keep trying to run through it and that was that was a really tough period that was like 10 days of just torture but apart from that no it's more of the mental game yeah i suppose yeah so mate what actually constitutes running around the world how is that moderated is it an exact distance 
Yeah, so it's so there's a, the World Runners Association, which I think um, was started by uh, Phil Essam, who is a he's a Canberran uh, of, of oh, everywhere right. in the world. Yeah, so I think he started it on the basis that people were claiming to have completed runs without really having the evidence to back it up. Um, uh, so he, I don't know who put necessarily all the rules together, but yeah, the, the minimum distance is 26,232 kilometers. Um, and you have to start and finish at the exact same point. Um, you have to run on a minimum of four continents and for a continent to count, you have to run a minimum of 3000 kilometers on that continent and start, yeah, yeah start within a, a kilometer of the ocean or major water inlet on one side and finish within a kilometer on the other side. Wow. So uh, there's a lot of pass, planning yeah. in, involved in that to find, to put together the best route. Yeah. I mean, it's nearly impossible to know what the best route is. So I was lucky enough to meet the other Aussie that's done it. So one other Aussie is, has completed the run. And who's that? Um, he was uh, Tom Dennis. He's, he lives in Sydney. So he did it. And he finished 10 years ago now. So he, he started in 2011 and finished in 2013. Um, so I sort of chewed his ear off for a fair bit. And I'm loosely, loosely following his plan because he did it, right? So I know that that can be run. Um, but it's sort of, uh, we, we sort of planned the day, the next day, like the night before, like we've planned tomorrow's today because every day changes roads might be closed you know that just so much stuff goes on the weather might be awful you know it's yeah it's a it's a logistical nightmare yeah so you've had constant input from him the whole time uh yeah he yeah like he's been really really generous like with his time so if i i send him a message and i'm like i can't believe you did this (laughs) (laughs) Um, and he's been great he just comes back to me you know, this is what I did. This is how I did it. Are you eating enough? Are you having enough salt? You know, just make sure, yeah, that slow down. Don't run too fast. You got all day, all that sort of stuff. All, and just the knowledge that he's completed it. You know, you you just you, you take that as gospel, I suppose. Yeah, and you mentioned the dates twenty eleven to twenty thirteen. That's a significant part of someone's life, right? Like. Yeah, a long yeah. time. So, like, why why are you doing this? I'm seeing a few charities on there. Um, if I read them out specifically, I'm looking at Inspiring Brighter Futures, Lung Foundation Australia, Wings for Life. They must be a part of it, but surely there's a, a bigger underlying reason. Yeah, I, yeah, absolutely. There is the my why is that I I met Tom in 2017, and he like he was just telling me the story and I was like, wow, I really want to do that. Um, uh, just as an adventure, like I just want to go and see, I want an excuse to have a gap year, I suppose, and go and see the world. And, um, and then, and then since then I've got into coaching um, and specifically coaching like kids and just the importance of movement Um you know, like on on the health, not just physically, but mentally and emotionally. And then the pandemic hit, and I think we went from not really moving a lot to mm. like not moving at all. Yeah. Um. So I suppose I really want if if 
a regular bloke from Brisbane can run around the world, then then other people can move, you know. And and I don't like the word inspire, but more motivate people to get moving, get active, get outside, and, and uh, grab mates and talk and move and have fun doing it. So that's that's probably the biggest the biggest why, apart from the sort of selfish endeavor. And that might be truly hard to understand, right? Like you've had, I've seen uh, runners or people out there will tag you and post uh, on Instagram or Facebook and various forums, Strava, uh, with reference to you. So that must that must be nice to have that uh, recognition that you are making a difference. Yeah, it's really quite humbling, to be honest. Like again, I don't I don't expect to see it. Um, um, but yeah, when I do it, yeah, it's pretty. It is pretty cool that 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 little old me, you know, has has inspired movement. That's that's yeah, it's pretty cool. So where are we at now? Hundred days had passed about a week ago, I think. Is that right? Which would mean yes. that you're coming up to about twenty five percent of the the journey complete. <laughs> yeah. So today was day one hundred and six, um, and I've just gone through. I'm about 6,050 Ks. So I'm a little bit behind. I'm probably, because of the days we lost for weather, I'm probably three days behind where I want to be um, in terms of kilometers. So really, it's, I mean, it's 180 kilometers. I'm behind where I want to be. So it's not, it's not dire just yet. Again, I'm just keeping it in sight um, and hopefully some warmer weather and some, you know, and some better conditions means I can push through, but yeah, I'm six, I'm 6,050 Ks in and, uh, and 105 days. So I'm the second fastest to 6,000 in history, which is pretty cool. It's crazy. Um, yeah. And just trying to, just trying to, um, just trying to, tr- trying to enjoy it, I suppose. And that's been the, probably the most difficult thing over the last month. Yeah. And surely the emotions ebb and flow um, through the process. No. Oh. Oh, like yeah, like like I never thought possible. To be honest, it's like the craziest roller coaster. Like the first sixty-five, seventy days, just felt like I was just getting on top of it, getting into routine, and then I got these niggles and these injuries. And like there were days where it was like negative thirteen degrees, snowed, and there was a blizzard. It was just it was windy. Oh, it was awful. And then yeah, and and that real I really hit the skids through that. To be yeah. fair. Yeah. So does it fluctuate like significantly? There could be a day where even you're teary and then other days you're like, how good is this? Full of full of elation and um, you know, contentment and happiness. Yeah, but that 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 can even happen within within the day. Yeah. Yeah, there was even yesterday, so I was coming off a rest day, which I felt so physically I felt pretty good, but mentally I was like, Oh, why is this you know, it just takes so long, like I'm on the road for eight to nine hours a day, um, you know, and there's hills and whatever. And I, yeah, I went from like, like nearly, yeah, breaking down and just having a bit of a cry to myself to like the last 20 Ks. I was just, I didn't want it to stop. I was just humming. I was like, let's go. Just music blaring in my ears and just pumping. And yeah. that, I mean, that's, that's within a day. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's yeah, it's been one hell of a roller coaster emotionally. That's for sure. Oh yeah, is it part of that that like uh, 
trying to get people to understand that it is tough. It is tough to to train, to keep healthy, to maintain these things. And it's just a part of it that you're going to have challenges. And eventually that that does result in you feeling satisfied in some kind of way, whether it be the achievement or emotionally or physically. Yeah, yeah, I, I guess so. Yeah, I, I mean, it's 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 funny because I want, you know, especially with social media, I want it to be real but I don't want it to be looking like I'm just miserable all the time or really happy all the time. Because if I'm miserable all the time, why the bloody hell are you doing it? Right. Mm. It makes no sense. Um, but yeah, it, in terms of achieving any goal, there's a lot, what, no matter what it is, whether it's physical or otherwise, there's a lot of sh- like shit you got to work through to, to make, to make, you know, the end worth it. Yeah. Yeah. And does it ever get tiring with all the posting and things like that? Or like what's the main, when you post up a video or photo, what's your main inspiration? Because you, you've got uh, a few sayings now that have become quite um, well-renowned for those following you. Uh, <laughs> Ripper of a day is one of them. And um, yeah, yeah. the simple fact of telling people to get out there. But um, when you're not feeling like doing that kind of thing and relaxing and resting or just getting on with the run, what inspires you to get those things up? Um, so I'm really lucky. I got a I got a a very good friend of mine uh, helping me with the post back in Brizzy. So what oh. we're we're doing is just uploading all the all the footage. My my crew Damo at the moment is uploading all the footage, and um and she downloads it and creates the those reels. Um and the the daily story, the ripper day for a run and get out, get moving. I mean, I I live and breathe that. Like I. I don't find that really hard to to put up every day because no matter how crappy a day it is, it's always, you know, there's always a good day for a run. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Talking of the crew, just talk us through who's involved in that and will that change in the next, uh, well, are we talking, yeah, a year or so? Um, yep. Yeah. Who's in yep. that? Female, male, what are their jobs? Are they into running? How do they support you? All those kind of questions. Yeah, so so the crew at the start and in the lead up, I had uh, two mates of mine from um, from Brizzy went to the gym together. So that was Liz and Chels, and they were they weren't they weren't runners, but they were they were involved in you know in in exercise and athletics at a relatively high level growing up. Um, so they got the the program on up up and and then started, and then they did the first nine weeks on the road with me, um, and then um, I they child while well, Damo who's with me now gave them a chop out. So he came in um, 40, 40 days ago, I think. And he is, uh, well, I think um, he, he's referred to in a couple of podcasts as a, uh, an amateur adventurer. So he's been sort of everywhere, climbed every mountain you could possibly think of um, been to really remote freezing cold places um, so he's with me now and he's been great. Um, and then he leaves in a couple of weeks to go and race the marathon de Saab in Morocco. All right. So I lose him. Yeah. So I lose, I lose him and I get uh, a good mate of mine from the sunny coast. who's done a lot of adventure racing, a lot of triathlon, a lot of endurance events. Uh, Robbie Andrews, he's coming in as well. Um, so I'll have him for a month. Um, and then Damo's coming back after his race, I think. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and then back, back in Brizzy, I've got, 
uh, sort of the, the ops manager, if you will, um, a mate of mine from school, Andy, who's who's assisting with that and his company, uh, AKXN Sports, Action Sports. Um, and then Talia, uh, who I actually coach in my triathlon squad. Um, and she is, uh, she's a social media queen. I'd say she's been putting together all that you see on social media. Because if I had to do that, my head would explode. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And are you someone yeah. that thrives off that um, that social aspect of being supported? Like, um, you know, I'm a runner out there who, you know, two or three times a week I run with people, but there's certainly times where I'm solo and really enjoy that and certainly not running 60K in doing so. Um, is that definitely a benefit to you having those people there? Yeah, I- I don't think I would enjoy it all the time um, having someone with me because again, as you well know, like you just mentally, you're just in really crappy sit, like headspace sometimes. And the last thing you want to do is talk, but the times where I've had someone, it's been awesome because I've got nothing else to focus on for eight and a half hours of the day other than my watch, you know, heart rate, pace, total distance, elevation you know so anyone that comes and runs with me now has been awesome because it just distracts me from that so i've yeah i i I enjoy running with with people yeah more often than not um so so it's been a really uh crash course in in learning to like handle my own company for so long yeah absolutely so is there a moment or two you can think of where specifically someone was there in a really tough moment that uh helped you along uh, well, yeah, the the easiest example of that is because Damo's been running pretty well every day, unless it gets too cold. He's a bit of a wuss. <laughs> um, he's been running with me. And I might not say anything to him, but him just being there means I can just look at his feet and just keep and just keep moving. Yeah, because there's there's a period probably between the sort of the 25 and 45 kilometer mark each day which has lately been particularly particularly hard um so it's been good he's just he just comes and runs um he knows that i won't talk but he just runs there and runs my speed and i just tap along and get through it yeah isn't it crazy just having someone there right and the impact they can have without even talking or acknowledging each other which um, would yeah, go to yeah. anyone really. And what about like, so unorganized people running with you or anything like that, you, that or even if you've organized ad hoc for a day, has there been any, um, yeah, I guess uh, unplanned runners come along? Yeah, there was there was one. We left, um, we were in uh, just, a, 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 oh, I don't even know. We're in New Mexico somewhere. I can't, I can't exactly remember where. We're on our way to Amarillo, in texas and um and we put a post up on an amarillo running group page and said oh we're coming anyone want to run with us let us know and we're about we're a few hundred or a couple hundred k's from there and someone reached out and said listen we're driving back from tucson arizona we're going to be on that highway do you mind if we just pull up and run with you for a bit and this couple pulled up and and um the husband ran for like two or three miles and then they took us out to dinner when we got to Amarillo. Yeah. 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 A couple of days later. Um, yeah. So that was all. Yeah. So that's probably the most random. Um, and and the, the best thing that's probably happened on this, on this run was I ran through a place called Cactus 
in Texas and the coach of the like the junior cross country team. So these are like two to four grades, two to four um, kids. They like 30 of them came out and ran, ran with me on a Saturday morning. So all their families were there. We had some high schools there it was, yeah, that was pretty emotional to be honest. Jeez, how long yeah, did they last? Was, for? Yeah. Um, I think they ran maybe three to four Ks because they ran to meet me and then had to turn around yeah. and run back. You should have got one so for Yeah, yeah. They, uh, they ran, yeah, they, they ran, um, yeah, they ran pretty well, to be honest. And I was, I was hurting then. I, that's when my, my um, shins were playing up. So I was. I was I was wasn't doing much more than walking to be honest, and that was that was so good. It was such a like a just it was such a high that I needed. And what about the any kind of media getting around you overseas, Tim? Thus far, uh, like in Australia, I think Channel Nine had a segment there on you. Was there any others in Australia, and then uh, further in your overseas adventures? Yeah, the uh, I had a. Um... I think New Zealand literally has like one television channel, uh, one news station for the whole country. So they, they jumped on it and they gave me a, a pretty good showing on their, on their sports, like sports section of the news. Um, and then I've got the Roswell uh, Daily Report, the Roswell New Mexico local paper did an article, came out and did an article on us. Um, but apart from that, we haven't had a lot, but uh, tonight, so... Well, I don't know when this will when this will go, but uh, Channel Channel Seven News um, came and did a story on us a couple of days ago, and that's going to go to air Sunday night uh, at six pm across uh, across the nation, is my understanding, and then oh, it'll be good. on Sunrise. Yeah. yeah, and then Sunrise tomorrow morning. Oh, great! I'll definitely hit a few yeah. more listeners than their local legends and running podcast. I'm sure. Yeah, wow, <laughs> one or two more. Hey, you get the quality on here. They're generally runners, and they care about who's on here and what they're saying. Well, that's yeah. <laughs> highly engaged. They won't switch it off. Hopefully. <laughs> hey, Matt, we might, might uh, rewind a bit here before we continue and come back to some more specific questions, just about uh, you as a kid and how how running may have been a part of it. Uh, you triathlon coach and uh, have done that for a number of years so how was sport or running a part of life growing up yeah so pretty like a lot of um aussies you know i spent a lot of time as a kid outdoors playing you know front yard or backyard cricket or front yard and backyard footy um but never ran um and then and then just stopped moving really like through high school um, put on, you know, put on a lot of weight, um, and that sort of kept. I, I dabbled in sport, you know, played cricket, not, not not the most sort of athletic of endeavours. Um, was a terrible rugby player, um, uh, and then played cricket outside of school, but not until sort of twenty four, twenty three, twenty four did I. I did my first. I went for my first ever run. It was since like I was, I don't know, 10 or something. I, I remember going to like primary school and early high school um, cross country uh, training. And I was always last. Stone mother was last. I was, but I just turned up and tried to get better. But then, yeah, then I stopped moving. So I didn't really start running until I was 
23, 24. Um, went for like a 3K run, nearly died. Um, and haven't really stopped since. Yeah. Um, and, and quickly sort of realized that I wasn't fast. But so, you know, the notion of a really quick marathon sort of died at early death. But, but my ability to sort of go long, wake up the next day and go again became a strength of mine so i sort of went from you know just normal sort of distance triathlons did a half marathon full marathon some ironmans and then uh and then sort of endurance triathlons over multi-days and then i got into multi-day stage racing um in the ultra marathons um and loved it you know loved the attritional aspect of it i suppose so and and found found out that relative to others i was pretty good at it um um, but I just, I just really enjoy running. Like I'm like, I've got a lot of people, a lot of mates that are far better runners than I am, but I just love doing it. Um, and just plodding along. Um, so I've been, yeah, running pretty steadily for like the last six or seven years. And that's the thing with distance, eh? Like it, it does take a kind of fitness mentality to run far, but it's always an option if you don't have that speed. It's inspiring for those out there who, um, who do plod along. Like what's your pace out there? these uh runs every day is it kind of six seven minute pace or slower at times yeah yeah seven seven so i sort of try and hover between seven and seven thirty like it started yeah. out i think i think the first day i did like 550 which was ridiculous like it was way too quick um but then settled into like 645 and now that's just at seven seven fifteen is mm-hmm. where i where i hit now yeah yeah. And what about, uh, so before 23, 24, in those early 20s, was there any running or exercise or anything like that? Or was it pretty much the um, that uh, party drinking kind of lifestyle yeah. back then? Yeah. yeah. Very much so. Very much so. I mean, I played a little bit of squash, um, uh, but that would maybe uh, filled in for a game of touch footy here and there. But no, not, not, nothing, nothing, nothing organized, nothing structured. No, I was... You know, I put on a lot of weight as well, so I was—I've lost about forty kilos. Wow! Since I started, yeah, since I started running. Yeah, yeah. And what do you? What's your weight difference there between that forty kilos? Uh, so I was about one twenty, one fifteen to one twenty, and now I'm no oh, high seventies, early eighties. Yeah, yeah. Still yeah. time for people to get out there and lose the weight that uh, they've been hoping for. There you go. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Well. Absolutely. And it's not even the um. Like the weight loss was just a benefit, you know, and add another added benefit of the journey, you know, of the process of getting fit. It wasn't, I didn't start running to lose weight. I started running just to get fit. And then eventually it says, well, we can't be this big and trying to move like you're making us move. So we'll just drop the weight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then you got into the coaching, right? So to, to be an athlete's one thing or you know, um, if you don't class yourself as an athlete, someone who uh, does exercise, but that's another thing altogether, isn't it? To to actually then pass on the skills that you're learning to others. And I think we might have a small connection here, Tim, with Bella uh, Pickett, who was on the podcast a couple of months back yep. with her doing triathlon, but I think she's entirely running now overseas. Yeah, so she's ditched me. No. <laughs> After all I've done for her. No, um, yeah, so so she she actually came through. So what I love about the tri coaching is is and I'll just plug Tri Nation Triathlon training. Uh 
I'd say Australia's number one triathlon squad. That's all right, Lana. That's not that's <laughs> not going to get me in too much trouble. It's a few um, out there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but, we can uh, say it, can't we? <laughs> we can't say it's just yeah, it's just advertising. She came, um, she came through, and the thing I love about it is we we really focus on like we got a beginners course, which we think is the best in the business, to be honest, where it's really inclusive and just gets people into the sport, you know, and I don't care whether they stay forever, but just to, like, once you do one, you fall in love with it. So she, she, Bella actually came through our beginners program. Obviously she has an athletic background, but she just went from strength to strength to strength and, um, and always was a runner. Um, um, but I told her running will kill you. <laughs> stay with triathlon. Yeah. You do um, get the now, balance. Yeah. Yeah, 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 and it's uh, a little. I think it's a little bit kinder to your body, um, yeah. um, but now she's, um, you know, she ran a couple of really, really strong half marathons, and now she's stepping up to the, to the marathon. So she's going to do London. So, so yeah. So that's that. The coaching side of things is, is again, I want to make people, you know, better, better, and achieve something they didn't think possible. And the better is just better than they were yesterday so don't compete against anyone else like you can do that on race day but don't do that during training mm. training is just about you improving mm. getting into a, and, and it's not and the thing i really struggle with is people think it's going to happen overnight and they're looking for a magic pill or you know the, the secret but the mm. secret is consistent hard work over a long period of time yeah, absolutely. And so why running out of the three? What does running offer to you that uh, swimming and cycling doesn't? You could easily be cycling around the world, maybe not swimming around the world, but yeah. <laughs> why running? Yeah, well, I, to, um, I just really, I, I don't find it, it comes, it doesn't come naturally to me. It's not easy, um, but I just love it. I just, I just, it's so simple, right? It's what we were born to do. Um, uh, and it's, and it's, relatively accessible to everyone no matter you know your socioeconomic position or or whatever you you can you can put on a pair of like mm. any sort of shoe shoe or barefoot and go for a run um and the freedom that it gives you uh i suppose um um yeah i, I mean it's not out of all the three triathlon disciplines it's by no means my strongest but it's the one i just i just really enjoy the most Mm-hmm. and uh speaking of barefoot running or running with shoes what what have you been wearing over there i think i've seen uh the hawkers uh donned in some capacity yeah. or always and how oh, yeah always yeah and how yeah okay and how have they helped the 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 hawkers or hawkers however you want uh, to pronounce that <laughs> yeah I, yeah i i think i alternate between pronunciations um i was told in 2018 i actually wore I'm, I'm probably a notorious heel striker. Um, so I wore out the fat pad mm. in my left heel and the, uh, I went and saw a, a surgeon about it and he said, you basically can't, you're not going to be able to run again. And I was like, mm, do you got any other options? And he said, well, we'll get, we'll get an orthotic in with like a gel pad and, and, and a hoka will be, the best shoe for you because it provides um you know the softest the biggest cushion that was back in the bondi um yeah and i was like yeah i was like okay so i put them on and didn't run for four months or something 
um, and just started walking again and then slowly got running again. Um, and that pain um, sort of went away. And bet that I found the Bondi a little bit too cumbersome. So I moved down to the Clifton and I've just, I've just, I find them really comfortable to be honest. Um, especially the Clifton eight. I'm just, that's the, that's like, I don't, I, I, I don't like when shoe companies update yeah. you know, the model. Yeah, isn't it frustrating? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but when you're just comfortable in something, you're comfortable yes. in something. Um, and uh, previous shoe brands I've worn, I've, I've really enjoyed them as well, but then they they update a model or they take the model away. And it, yeah, so, so, but the Clifton, the Cliftons, I, yeah, I, I, they're a great shoe for me. Um, I, I love them. Yeah, and back then there wasn't many shoes like Hawkers in the sense that they were so thick yet um, supportive, not known as a fast shoe. Um, but mm. like, is there many other shoes out there now that offer similar, uh, like a similar supportive nature like the Hawkers? Of course, if you found something you have found, I'm sure you don't want to change, but what, what's competing with it now? Yeah, well, uh, great question. I know that, I know I was talking to a couple of people from Mizuno and they said that, bought out a shoe with even a bigger drop than than the hoka had um and it was just equally as supportive um but i don't know because like i I mean apart from those guys um Mm. i've probably just got blinkers on right i I wouldn't even know Mm. what other shoe brands are doing to be honest i mean some shoes are about speed but i i don't really need that at this point in time (laughs) and how long do they last as well like you'd you'd know you'd know very easily you're tracking things yeah. pretty closely over there like how many k's were there last year or can is there a point you start to feel that they're degrading in some way yeah so that that's been really dependent i think on um uh the road surface in new zealand it was a lot hotter than it was here and the roads just chewed them up the road just chewed it up oh, really? and spat it yeah. out yeah and um but the ones over here i mean i've got i've got a thousand a thousand k's to one of probably the one i'm currently in is just like it's just like i don't know just like a glove just like an old just an old pair of i don't know whatever that i don't want to get rid of but i can feel basically the ground now underneath me so they've probably done 12 to 1300 k's so they've done they've done more than i thought I should be doing in them, but they're just so comfortable, but I can feel the ground underneath me now. So I'll probably, I'll be changing in the next couple of days. Yeah. And that's the so thing, I'm, right? Yeah. They talk about like five, 600 as a generic rule to change issues, but that for you, that would be after 10 days. So has there been a similar yeah. time in you changing shoes? And what does that look like? Have you just got a bag of hockers, a massive hocker bag? <laughs> no, no. So I just, um, I've just been picking them up along the way. Um, where I can, um, Hoka were really generous. They gave me Hoka AU gave me um, a couple of pairs and some running gear before I started. But but because their you know distribution channels are different globally, um, uh, it's been. I think I've got another couple of pairs coming over with Robbie when he comes over. But um, but yeah, I've just been running, and when I go, Oof, these are a bit cooked. I just change. Um, so I've always got one or two pairs. Um, with me at all times just to to make sure and obviously when i go into like south america i'll make sure i take a few pairs with me just in case that's harder to come by 
Yeah, and surely you deserve free pokers after this uh, expedition. I think so. I think I deserve free a lot of these, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> uh... um, but but again, I mean, I mean, again, I'm just a, I'm just a, a weekend warrior. You know what I mean? So I don't, I don't, you know, I got to, I got to pull myself back to say, hey, no one owes you anything. This is your endeavor. You bloody pay for it. I love that. Well, thank you, Tim, for part one and staying up uh, rather late tonight. And I very much look forward to part two and we'll talk soon. If you enjoyed listening to this episode or the local legend in running podcast in general, please jump on Spotify, give it a rating. I'd much appreciate it. Thank you.